And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network covering IU women's basketball. I'm your host, Jeff Marlowe. I'm also joined by my co-host, Kathy Amos. And tonight we are discussing Sunday's 87-24 romp over Moorhead State and Wednesday's, yesterday's 67-50 victory over Butler by your number four slash number three Indiana Hoosiers to improve to 12-0 their best start to a season under Coach Morin, and their best start since 2013-2014 under then-coach Kurt Miller. But let's start this show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. And tonight's banner moment for me came in the Moorhead State game when the Hoosiers recorded their third biggest winning margin in program history. The 63-point victory was the largest margin of victory since they defeated Illinois by 60 points all the way back in 1974, part of the 1974-75 season. So congratulations to the Hoosiers. Our banner moment is sponsored by Homefield Apparel. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing line. You are bound to find something for you or as a gift as we near holiday season. And, you know, probably too late for the holiday season. Get it for the new year. So whether you want only IU gear or other college teams or nothing associated with a team, Homefield probably has something for you. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. And once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. And we're going to kick it over to Kathy for the Amos angle and get her initial thoughts about the games or anything else on her mind. (laughs) Yeah, well, first, happy holidays and soon to be a happy new year to everyone out there listening and all our Hoosier fans uh, uh, following along here tonight live in the chat or listening later. It's uh, always a pleasure to have you along for the ride here tonight. So, um, yeah, Jeff, I mean, again, just another uh, couple of games of great, great basketball from our, our, our women. Of course, you know, both games, I think of, had a few things here and there that we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that could be cleaned up more a little bit on the Butler side, um, because really, I, I don't know there's much to say about that Moorhead State game other than, wow, that was some amazing defense, I think, from our, our women. So super proud of our ladies. Just an amazing start at 12-0. Uh, one of only, I think, 10 teams uh, left in NCAA that are undefeated or at least as of a couple of days ago. And, uh, you know, Ari sent us numbers, their net ratings now at four and just some really fantastic um, basketball being played for women and still being down grace. So I, I think, you know, they're they're looking really good and I'm excited to continue watching them as they start now into the heart of uh, Big Ten play. Yeah, and obviously we're going to talk, we're going to preview our next opponent a little bit later in the show, but we'll get back into Big Ten play with the next game as the team has just a little over a week off in between games. So, um, Kathy, let's just take that into where we are and go with as expected. What what kind of win is it? What was one of the things or a couple things that you thought went as expected in these two games? 
Yeah, I mean, for sure, I think the defense in both games went as expected. Uh, you know, again, we've become really reliant on our, our defense in, you know, it's the calling card for Coach Morin's team and, you know, holding Moorhead State to, um, what, 24 points and then even holding Butler to 50 points. I mean, this is an improved Butler squad. So it's not like, you know, um, you know, they play in the Big East and they've had some, some nice improvements here. Even if you just look at their record, it doesn't quite reflect, I think, them plus they were down two starters so I think that that says something for them as well that they they really didn't give up so for me as expected once again was definitely the defense how about you um yeah I thought just again still the ability to share the ball now again obviously um against Moorhead State they were they were just a better team and and like you said kudos to Moorhead State for continuing to fight and, and, and claw but uh we were the better team but 21 assists on 33 made baskets in in the Moorhead state game and then in the butler game uh 15 assists on 24 makes so th that was the you know I, to me just again the ability to share the ball and 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 things that i thought that just kind of keeps reinforcing what we've seen from this team that especially when they are sharing the ball and i thought one thing yesterday in the butler game a little bit i thought they got a little stagnant coming out of halftime yeah and, and i thought that, that you know that but again I, I i get that happens in the course of a game but but when they're moving both themselves and the ball, and I thought one of the really key plays or segments in that game yesterday, again, as an, back to the as expected, moving the ball, um, Lexi Bargesser makes a great back cut. Chloe Moore McNeil hits her for a layup. She gets a, you know, gets a bucket. And then I think it was the very next possession, she gets a ball on a run out and gets a three-point play out of it. So those two plays I really thought kind of got back, at least getting kind of back into the flow in the second half. But I just I, when I watch them play, I, that's what I really get a kick out of, and it's become almost an, ex, an expectation is to watch them move and cut and share the ball. Yeah, and, and you know I think I'll piggyback a little bit off of that and delve um, into Chloe Moore McNeil. Actually, Jeff, um, she has become as expected, just that person is going to do all of the little things that add up to a lot of things. And, and for for me, I, I think what you're talking about is the assist um, with the team. I think Chloe, again, led the team for sure, I know in the Butler game, but I was looking earlier today at actually some of the Big Ten numbers and Chloe actually in the Big Ten as of right now is fifth in the Big Ten in average assist per game but she actually leads the league and assists to turnover ratio. And I think it's just something that we've now really come to expect from Chloe. And she, I don't think she disappointed us in either one of these games. So that, that is definitely um, something I, I'm starting to come to expect from her. <clears throat> so loving Chloe's, loving her play for sure. Well, and, and I, I was listening to it on the radio yesterday because I was actually out traveling a little bit yesterday before the storm was coming in tonight, but they, um, they uh, like Austin jinxed her a little bit. I think he said that coming into the game was yesterday. They played 11 games yesterday. She only had 10 turnovers for the season coming into the yesterday. And she, I think he wanted, I think he said she was maybe like eighth in the country in assist to turnover ratio. Well, then she had three turnovers yesterday. Right. So Austin, right. Austin jinxed her a little bit and got her up to above one turn, you know, just slightly above one turnover per game. But I agree with you. I think, and, and let's face it um this may be a good segue into surprises a little bit but it's also i think we thought you, know, you were one that called this that you really thought chloe moore mcneil was going to make a big step up this year and now with grace Berger having been out she's the one that has really stepped up to you know stepped up her game kind of taken that role that we all thought grace Berger was going to have and she's you know, she's done a really good job with it yeah i i would agree with that jeff um 
so I think for me, her play is as expected now, but if I, you would have asked me at the beginning of the season, I really thought she was going to be more of a shooting three point thread. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, she's not that she's a slouch on shooting threes at all. She's just not out there to score points. Um, and you know, she contributes and she'll have, a, she's got some quite a few games where she's double digits, but she's not leading the team. That's not her role. And I feel like she really knows and understands that role and her role right now, especially with grace out is to be out there and be the ball handler for the most part and to distribute and get the, the ball to her team when she needs to. We saw that. I, at least I thought I saw that a lot in the Butler game between her and McKenzie. I think their chemistry in particular is just really um, just really gelling this year in particular. And you could tell they've now played a couple of seasons together. And so I think she's, she's really come on into a very interesting role for this team in a good way. Well, and, and she's one that also, as I went back and watched the replay or not the replay, I went back and watched the BTN plus, but telecast today a little bit. And she's shooting like 93% from the free throw line. Yeah. So right now she's a leading, kid that you leading want, the big you know, 10 in that too. <laughs> yeah. So she's one that you kind of want there. You want her to get more opportunities and you obviously will want her there in clutch situation, which is what you want. You want your ball handler to be that person that you can be like, Hey, we need you to go to the line, knock down free. Throws. We want the ball to be in your hands. I'm going to go to kind of a negative here on the surprise. And this is kind of even goes back to the Penn state game. And that's the turnovers. Yes. Uh, I know they only had 12 yesterday but they had like six or seven in the first quarter. And, they and had so yesterday, huh? They had 16 yesterday and they had 12 against Moorhead state. I'm sorry. I had them flipped yeah, around. You're right. Back you're back right. Back. Yes. Six, yeah. Yes. 16 <laughs> yesterday, 12 against Moorhead state. But even that, you know, when you're winning by 60, I think 12 is a few, a couple too many, but I heard my understanding is I didn't get to see the post game with coach Moore, but my understanding is that she was not very happy with the way they played, especially with the turnovers. But this also kind of went back into the Penn state game that we talked about last week. And so that's a little bit, I guess, surprising. And, and you know, can we start to get that back under control a little bit? Because some of the ones that we made yesterday watching the broadcast, they just weren't even – I mean, they were just some bad passes. I mean, they weren't even really you know, on, on the mark. It wasn't like somebody dropped a, pa- a good pass, went through their hands. It was just a couple of them, two, three, four of them just went out of bounds. And, and so um, that, that would be a little bit of a concern of mine, and, and not just because Chloe had three. But the number, and, and like I said, had six, I believe, in the first quarter against Butler yesterday. Yeah, I, that, that was actually the biggest thing I had as a surprise, especially from yesterday. Um, 16 turnovers. Um, Yarden Garzon had five of them yesterday, and I thought she had quite a few. Um, and three, so three out of 12 on against Moorhead set, stayed. So that that's definitely something I would like to see cleaned up from. Um, from Yarden for sure is just, you know, taking care of the ball and Sydney gets a little pass happy too. And it seemed to me that a lot of the turnovers, at least that I could witness yesterday were just unforced kind of like errant passes. Right. Uh, yeah. It wasn't so much like Butler's defense was forcing it. It just seemed like they weren't quite focused and actually coach Morin says something in her press conference about the same thing that they didn't seem quite focused. And I thought it was, it was kind of funny. She said, um, maybe they're just too excited about, um, and they got sped up and maybe they're just too excited about going to open presence. Right. So, um, you know, definitely coaches see them. Um, obviously the same thing, or we're seeing the same thing coach has seen, which is definitely turnovers and just keeping their focus a little bit more in these games. So, um, hopefully they can clean that up, um, going into big 10 play next week. And, and, and 
I'll kind of start, I'll kick this one off a little bit. I want to talk about a couple of individuals that I'm sure we're going to talk about as we get inside the numbers. But it was nice to see, I, maybe we shouldn't say surprise, but it was nice to see Alyssa Geary back in the lineup or back in the rotation a little bit over yeah. these last two games. It was nice to see some of the bench get a little more run in these two games because I really still think the bench needs to develop some depth so we don't feel like we're wearing, wearing down at the end of the year. So it was nice in these two games. I'll throw it in here as a surprise. Not really a surprise, more just a pleasant um, thing to see is that the bench really got some extended run and produced. Yeah, you know, the flip side of that that actually did surprise me yesterday is when we were up 17 with still four or five minutes left to go, and you have a 17-point lead, and at one point, I think we had at least four of our five starters out there. So while the bench got a lot more played than they have been, I actually expected a little more of it down the down um, those last four or five minutes. I mean, Mackenzie Holmes was still out there with 52 seconds left yesterday just didn't quite understand why we had any of our starters still playing that deep into a game when you're up 17 points um you know, mckenzie only had 29 minutes so she definitely was lower than what we normally ever but again to me for me anyway i wouldn't want to risk injury of any of my starters when you're up 15 points with two minutes left, right? Like I would would really like to have seen her pull the starters um, from the bench and um, or put the starters on the bench and put more of the bench players in. You know, there were a yeah. few players that we didn't even see yesterday. I thought maybe would have gotten in those last two minutes. So yes, I'm glad to see that the bench got more minutes. I was just a little surprised that it was that deep into the game that we still saw a lot of the starters. Yeah, and I think that goes back to some of the things we've talked a little bit about just in things we're seeing that there's really kind of a trust that Coach Morin hasn't gotten to with some of those kids yet in the rotation. But it, but again, Alyssa Geary had seven minutes yesterday. Uh, the one that was a little surprising yesterday was Henna only ended up with three minutes or uh, four minutes. She was at yeah. three minutes, 52 four. seconds. Um, and, and then um, Lily Meister Lily, was just over four minutes. Meister, oh yeah. So, but any, yeah, anything so else you haven't? That was kind of the surprise in that You got any other surprises no. you want to talk about? <laughs> no, I don't think so. All Not right. So, so let's go inside the okay. numbers. We've talked a little bit about some, but is there a team stat that we haven't talked about yet in either game that you want to go to? Um, yeah, you know, actually one that we haven't talked on a whole lot, you know, this year, uh, which was a really nice one to see yesterday is uh, 12 of 13 from the free throw line. Um, you know, we had several people get to the line. Uh, we had four players get to the line and only one miss. So I, I thought that was really nice to see that they, they were able to get up, you know, maybe 13 would maybe see a little bit more, but I know there've been a couple of games where we're down in the low seventies for shooting percentage. So it's nice to see, see that kind of, um, work its way up there too. That was definitely one stat I liked seeing yesterday. Yeah. And, and one I was going to point to was kind of along that same line with shooting was um, you combine the two games with Moorhead State and Butler, we were 16 of 36 from three. 16 of 36, I don't know if I'm doing my math right, that's somewhere around 42% that we were shooting for the two, combined for the two games. And, and again, you talked about Yarden Garzon uh, struggling with turnovers, but she's not struggling shooting the ball behind the line. Um, she was four for six against Moorhead State, and she was uh, three for five yesterday against Butler. So she's definitely found her her her, her role in that respect. 
as yeah, a right was, now, not only our best three-point shooter, but one of the best in the country. Yeah, she was three of eight actually yesterday, but yeah, regardless, oh, it's still close sorry. to 50 percent. That's okay. Um, there's there's a lot of numbers to cover in two games. So yeah, I mean, as a team, there were seven of 20 yesterday from three-point. So um, that was, I guess, maybe a little bit of a surprise. Again, we saw yet another game from Sarah Scalia where I just, I, I didn't feel she looked super confident shooting the ball. Um, she ended up only taking four three-pointers and made one of them. So I was a little surprised at that. And Chloe seemed a little off on her shot too. We've kind of, you know, she, again, she doesn't take a high volume, but she was 0 of 3 yesterday. So um, overall though, the team was, you know, 7 of 20. Uh, shooting 35%, which is fine. But if you, you know, just get one or two more baskets from Sarah and Chloe, which we kind of come to expect, you know, that percentage gets up a lot closer to that 40% range that we like to see. Yeah. And and then the other thing, you got anything else on team stats you want to talk about? No, no, we can go into individual. I just do want to point out one thing for any of our listeners and, and people watching here in the, and the workaholics on the, in, on the live YouTube feed. Uh, in the Morehead State game, we held them to single digits in every quarter, four, yeah. eight, five, and seven. I mean, it was almost like a pick four number, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that was how good our defense was. And, again, I realize Moorhead State was not the best opponent we're going to see all year. But still, when you hold a Division One team to four straight quarters of single digits, that's, that's to me, that's a, that's a stat worth mentioning. So I wanted to throw that out there. And then so, um, Kathy, I'll let you go ahead and go first. What about individuals? Yeah, I, I think, you know, for me, I'm going to jump right to Butler and start with um, Lexus Berger, or Bargesser, sorry. Lexus, I thought she had her best game for sure in an Indiana uniform so far this year, right? So just rattling off her stat lines. So she played 19 minutes. I'm not sure if she's gotten to double digit figure or double digit minutes. If she has, it's only been maybe 10 or 11, but she was three of five shooting, two of three from the line. Um, she had uh, six rebounds for us, only one foul, only one turnover, two assists, a block and a steal. And so ended up with eight points. She just really looked comfortable out there. And like, she's really starting to get into the flow of the game. And I, I thought also to me, Jeff, and you tell me if I just saw this wrong, I felt like she was handling the ball a lot more um, than we've seen in the past. And, you know, even when Chloe was out there, she was still kind of the one that was initiating the offense. But did, did you notice that as well? Yeah, I, I did. And, and go back to the Moorhead State game. She played 18 minutes, just over 18 minutes in that yeah. game, played eight, almost 19 yesterday. And I know there had been some discussions about maybe they were trying to limit minutes, but I've said all along, I thought that she was one that, I, that needed more minutes. And I thought she brought something to the floor. There was a basketball IQ there. And I think really at the beginning of the year, the plan was kind of maybe was kind of slide her in, let her learn behind Grace Berger and get a few, get some minutes here and there. But I really thought she was going to be that backup point um, early in the year. But then when Grace goes down early, you know, in the season, you know, I think that kind of, you know, I Terry's like, well, who do I trust here? Do I trust the freshman or do I trust Chloe Moore McNeil who's been around for three years? And I think that was an easy, an easy decision for her right. and rightfully so. But I really think Bargesser yesterday, especially, you know, when you're putting crooked numbers up, as we used to say in coaching, or I used to, if you're putting crooked numbers in the stat sheet, um, we're going to, you, you, it's hard to keep her on the bench. And I think that she just brings a certain dynamic that you got to keep trying to find a way to get her, even against better competition. I think you got to get her 10 to 12 minutes on the floor, if not a little yeah. more. 
Um, I'm going to kind of jump there and stick with the bench for the bench on the individual numbers. And I'll go back again, Morehead State, but Lily Meister, who had not done a lot in, since the first few games, but against Morehead State um, in almost 16 minutes, seven points, eight rebounds, and assists and two steals. And I really think Lily has a bright future. Again, she's playing behind me at McKenzie Holmes. And, and to a certain degree, Alyssa Geary has taken some minutes away from her. And I'm not sure she's quite ready for the bump and grind of a Big Ten schedule. I think that we'll see her minutes probably go down a little bit. But I really like her upside. I really like her future. So it was nice to see her get some extended run against more a team like Morehead State. And then yesterday, she only got four minutes. But she also, at least in her four minutes, she provided, you know, two rebounds. And, and so she was doing something positive in the stack column. Right. Yeah. I, I'm, I like Lily too. I think, you know, she's is a freshman, so not surprising to see one game against Moorhead state where she's, you know, has a really complete game and then maybe off a little bit against Butler with a, a little tougher competition in that Butler game. But yeah, I still like what I see from her and I, I see a really bright future for her. And I love that she's being able to play behind McKenzie this year, really learn from McKenzie. Um, I'm sure in practice and actually getting into the game and, and, like you said, contributing meaningful minutes. So I think that's um, really fantastic. So um, I'm going to switch over a little bit to Yarden Garzon and talk to, about her, both of her games. So in the Moorhead State game, she played around 18 minutes. Um, she ended up leading the team with 16 points and only had two turnovers there compared to the Butler game where she played 37 minutes. So she played almost the entire game and um, still contributed 13 points. The downside in that game was five turnovers. But the one thing that I'm really um, liking to see from Yarden, which is when we had talked about maybe a couple of weeks ago, is her propensity to foul and get into foul trouble. Mm -hmm. And I feel like she's really cut back on this. Um, yesterday in that Butler game, she didn't have a single foul, which is back to why she was able to play 37 minutes and contribute. And I think we need to continue seeing that from her um, as we, we head into conference play here. So I, I really like Yarden's play. Um, the one downside with, um, uh, with her is I think her turnovers. Again, freshman thing, but clearly high basketball IQ. And mm -hmm. I just don't think that we'll continue seeing that um, all through the year. And, and we'll probably have these games with her too, right? Where maybe she has a lot of turnovers and then maybe another game it comes to her a little better and a lot less. But we've already seen an adjustment from her with the fouling. So I, I like a lot of what I see from her. Yeah, and and I kind of will point out one here is uh, you know, and, and Sydney Parish basically over these two games basically played a solid Sydney Parish game. She wasn't outstanding in either game. I'm not trying to say anything negative in that when I make that comment. It was just a solid Sydney Parish yeah. game. She had 12 points and three rebounds against Morehead State, along with three steals. And then yesterday she had 10 points, four rebounds, uh, and and an assist and a steal. So just a a, a solid. Um, um, game by Sydney. Now yesterday she had a little bit of the turnover bug. She yeah. had, she was yeah. one that had three turnovers as well. And a couple of them were hers that I saw were just kind of Aaron passed right. Yep. Yeah. Just throw it <laughs> away. So, but I, overall I thought Sydney was solid yeah. over these couple games. So anybody else you want to talk about as far as the numbers are? Um, probably not in this segment. Maybe we can, we'll save some of them going <laughs> into um, our next segment. Yeah. I, th I was thinking the same thing. So let's go ahead and we'll move on. All right. Sounds good. All 
And right. so we'll move on to our game ball awards. And let's start with the Moorhead State game. And Kathy, since I'm hosting tonight as on the mic, you go ahead and pick the and pick first. All right. Um, so for the Moorhead State game, I actually had Yargen Garzon. I thought um, outside of her three turnovers, I thought she just had a really nice complete game. She also contributed three assists for us, a block, um, led the team in scoring. I mean, she was four or six from behind behind the arc. And so, I, you know, she can score in just so many different ways. Um, I just think that she's really going to be an amazing player to watch over the next few years. So um, for me in that Moorhead State game, I'm, I'm giving mine to Yarden. Yeah, even with the three turnovers, I, I agree. I had Yarden Garzon picked in my for my game ball in the Moorhead State game, and and I also was all yeah, the three assists. You know, she even though even though she did have three turnovers, she also was able to c- catch three dimes and and set up her teammates for buckets. So, um, but I really liked again. I didn't w- watch a whole lot of the Moorhead State game. I was gone, and and after we blew them out by sixty, I really didn't go back and watch a ton. I watched a few minutes here and there, but. I think I think you make a really good point. Yarden has the ability. We maybe haven't quite seen it all put together yet, but I think you're going to be able to see her eventually, whether it's this year or over the course of her career. She's going to be kind of a two-level player or even maybe a three-level player. She can score in the mid-range. She can hit the three and and obviously and then maybe, and finish at the rim. We saw a little bit of her earlier this year posting up a little bit and finishing around the rim. And, and so, but I think that she really, her her upside, and especially in the future when she's really going to be kind of one of the dominant players on this program is really, really high. So I was with you. I thought Yarden deserved the game ball coming out of the Moorhead State game. Yeah, awesome. So we'll go to, to yesterday's game with Butler. All right. Um, yeah. So for the Butler game, um, I'm giving my game ball to Mackenzie Holmes. Um, she had 21 points um, in only 29 minutes. Um, so, you know, she's averaging 19 point games a game, 19 point, 19 points per game. <laughs> I'll get it. Um, just actually under 20, 19.9. She's actually second in the big 10 in scoring per game right now, um, behind Caitlin Clark. Right. So, um, you know, she is just really, I think we're showing a complete game all around for us. Uh, you know, and again, she also contributed seven rebounds and three assists. Uh, you know, and zero turnover. So that was something we saw, you know, again, back to Yarden, she's cleaned up the fouls. I think McKenzie's cleaned up her footwork a little bit. You know, we're seeing a little bit of times where she was shuffling her feet before she put the, that, um, uh, put the ball on the floor. We're not seeing that anymore. So she had zero turnovers in that, those 29 minutes against um, Butler as well. And four for four from the line. So again, just a really nice complete game um, and did it all in, in 29 minutes, which was close to the fewest of all of the starters. So um, I, I really liked McKenzie's game yesterday. Yeah, I'm with you. I So here we are in agreement right all, again, two for two um, and also made a three yesterday she oh, was yeah. one for banked one and in. banked it in banked <laughs> it in i don't i wanted to i wish we could give mckenzie on a show and i'd be like hey mckenzie remember that game against uh yeah. oh, did you call that bank <laughs> did you call that bank but they all count in the statute and nobody's gonna remember it was banked nope. in except for us on this show um and if somebody goes back to watch it um but again you know you like you said 21 points in 29 minutes a very efficient eight of 12 um from the field four four at the line which for Mac is really huge because as you get into big 10 play, you can expect her to get fouled a little more often as the post play probably picks up an intensity. The fouls maybe get called a little bit more in, in, in big 10 play and she's got to be able to knock them down. And, and if and, and she does like she did yesterday, then that just really makes it even more difficult 
to guard somebody like Mac because you can't you don't want to foul her if she's going to knock down free throws. So I, I totally was with you 100% on McKenzie being the, the game ball for yesterday. Yep, great. All right, so let's move on to the Hoosier hustle. And we'll talk about – Kathy, we'll let you go again as well. And you will have the Moorhead State game first. All right, Moorhead State. This one was, you know, again, another one of those games where we could have, we can probably give this to a number of players. We got a lot of players that ended up coming in and playing. Would we end up with 13 players played? Um, All of them but one scored. Henna Sandvik was the only one who didn't score, which was interesting. I saw in Coach Morin's press conference um, uh, comments that she said, you know, at the end of the game, they realized she wasn't the only one that scored, and they were actually really trying to get her the ball so she could score um, and just couldn't quite uh, finish that there at the last minute or so of the game. But for me, um, I'm going to land on actually Lily Meister. We talked a little bit about her in one of the earlier segments, and I just thought it was a nice, complete game from Lily. You know, again, 16 points. She was three or five in the field. She contributed a lot in terms of not just scoring, right? We talked about that. Rebounds, eight rebounds, and um, only one turnover and assist and two steals. So to me, I thought in the amount of time Lily got in there, I thought that was a a nice um, showing from her. Yeah, I'm going to go with Lily. Now, I will also point out, though, I thought maybe Alyssa Geary, I did give some consideration to Alyssa Geary in this game. Uh, Alyssa had six points, five rebounds. Uh, two assists and a steal, but I was with you, and I'd already talked about it earlier. I, I was with, I had Lily Meister picked for my hustle award here, but I did, I did have a little bit of kind of, I, I did go a little bit of like, eh, what about Alyssa here? But I just really thought yeah. Lily was the the better choice. I thought about Sydney Parrish too. Again, back to you know, Sydney had three steals and twelve points, and you know, is again a week. I think we could have gone in a number of ways. So, but yeah, Lily, I think is a, a good answer. Well, and I think for me, I don't I'll ask you this. Well, we got a few minutes here. For me, oftentimes, I'm really looking for somebody off the bench in this for this award. But again, we've had games where we just haven't been very deep on the bench yeah. or or to get that kind of production. So a lot of times we're, our starters are getting hustle awards. And sometimes the starters do deserve a hustle award. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. I really thought in these two games, this was these were games where we could really find somebody who, who brought some energy off the bench and, and showed some flashes of what they can do. So let's with that segue, let's go on to the Butler game. Who did you have? Sure. So that's actually a really nice segue because I have somebody coming off of our bench and, and that's Lexus Bargasser. Um, again, I, to me, this was a pretty easy one to pick for the Hustle Award. Um, although I guess we'll see because absolutely you could find somebody else in there too because I think we had a number of players who had great games. But again, seeing Lexus come in and remind everyone too, and maybe they don't realize that they see the large knee brace I mean, she just tore her ACL earlier this year. It wasn't like this was a year and change ago. It was earlier this well, year. She, she was she, back in, wasn't it, in 2022? No, she tore it in the beginning of her season last year at 21. Oh, at, the, in high school. the 21-22 but season. Bit, okay. But still, just over it's, a year. I mean, this is a kid that was yeah. running track in last the spring. spring. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, um, <laughs> I think that's just amazing because a lot yeah. of times those ACL, you're going to see at least well over a year before they're doing anything. And she's coming in. She seemed calm yesterday. She was, again, I thought initiating the offense very well and just um, played a really great game. So for me, Alexis Bargesser gets my hustle award. Yeah, I, I went with Lexi too. I thought Lexi Bargesser was the, to me, was the odds on choice here. And I'm going to go with her. Um, again, three for five, two of two at the line. Uh, she she earned that that hustle award in my book. Yep. Oh, and I forgot to put the little tickers up. So <laughs> yeah, I tried to put it up because I thought I saw you had put it up, but I forgot Hurry to up. put it as a 
Oh, uh, that's go. the we'll that's the game ball. The, the game ball. So that's the game that ball. I for, when I when I when I made the ticker, I didn't make it a, a ticker. It, it it's it's a banner and it just stays there. there. So there you go. So there's the. I forgot to make it a ticker, and that's my that's fault. Okay. That's okay. Um, it happens. So. so there's some numbers so, for it. <laughs> so, so that's going to put, uh, I believe, Lexi Bargesser's first hustle award, yes, uh, as well. And then um, S- uh, Lily Meister will move up to one and a half. Yeah, she earned a half of one earlier in the year. So, yes. and that'll take us into lingering questions, Kathy. And I'll ask. Uh, I had a couple that I I posted to us in the run sheet. If you got something, you know, feel free to bring it up. Obviously, the workaholics here. If we can, if you have any lingering questions, put them in the chat. We'll try and get to them. We are limited, a little bit limited on time tonight because uh ac radio will be on here at the top of the hour um but after these two games have the hoosiers discovered some much needed depth or was it more about quality of opponent yeah that that's definitely one on my mind and especially again after butler and again maybe i'm 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 picking a few nits here with it but i just feel like we couldn't have we could have actually gotten our bench a little bit more run especially late in that game so um i i'm not 100 sold we've seen that in other games uh, where we get in and they, the bench really tightens up. But I'm really seeing positive signs from Lexus. I've seen a few signs here from from Lily Meister in in particular. So um, it, I think that our bench is definitely going to be more of a contributing factor for our games in a positive way than it was last year, which was actually more of a negative way because it was close to non-existent, especially once we got hit with some of the, the injuries last year. So I'm not 100% sure, which is probably why it's still a lingering question. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm with you. I'm not, I think it's maybe right now, maybe a little bit more about the opponent than it was in depth, but it was nice to see us get some run. And like you said earlier, McKenzie played less than 30 minutes in both games. I think, I think that's huge that somebody like McKenzie that we're really going to rely on to provide a lot of scoring right now is able to get some much needed rest from games where we don't have to run her out there for 35, 37 minutes. Cause we are going to, as we go along yeah. and I'm going to maybe, hopefully this won't be the broadcaster jinx, but obviously, as we say at the top of the show, 12 and 0 best start under ever under Terry Moore. And we have 14 and 0 all the way back in 2014, 15 was the best start. That it's the best start at least since. then. I think that's the program's best record or best start ever under Kurt Miller so. um, with that. So how long can the Hoosiers keep the undefeated streak going, Kathy? That's a great question. I haven't looked much past the next two games. Um, So the next game, which we'll get into in depth, I know is Michigan State. And then after that, we have Nebraska at home. So it's on the road from Michigan State and at home from Nebraska. Are they winnable games? For sure. Um, But will they be like the last couple of games? No, absolutely. They're definitely going to have to step up, I think, their level of play if they want to get to that 14-0 mark. Um, But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. You know, again, we'll we'll get into Michigan State. Nebraska is going to be the wild card, even even though it's at home. Nebraska has been playing some some good numbers. I think they ended up winning last night as well. Um, so, or at least they took took. Um, I can't remember who does now. Sorry, but uh, they took someone down to overtime in Kansas. Uh, Kansas. Thank you. Kansas, thank you, Steve Fisher okay. and the workaholics. Yes, thank you. Um, did they end up winning that game? I never saw. Yes. Or I thought that's they, what Steve's okay. telling us. Beat yes. number twenty Kansas yesterday. So you can't overlook them um, nope. at home or or not. Um, so is it doable for sure? Um, but it's it's not a guarantee. Uh, obviously, it never is. Especially again, Michigan State maybe not one of the top tier teams, but it's on the road and you just 
you know, never know yep. what's going to happen. You don't know. And, and, and we're going to talk about Michigan state here in a few minutes. So, and then the last one, and then actually I think Quang brought it up in the workaholics. I had it as a lingering question as well. We saw some pictures of Grace Berger with a brace on no crutches this week. Um, and, and even yesterday it was reported that she looked to be moving even a little better than she was on Sunday. So how long But I've kind of taken that all along. It, it would be the earliest. I think that, that's my opinion. Everything needs to be on track. If, if she, if, if from what I'm seeing, pictures, I haven't seen anything live of her. You know, I haven't been there. Obviously, Richie's around a little bit more than, than I am uh, living in Bloomington. But I, I, I would say there's a real possibility we could see Grace Berger at least back on the floor sometime middle of January. Yeah. And uh, sorry, Jeff, you cut out just a little bit for me. Um, but I don't know if you mentioned it, it's being reported she is starting to do um, stationary shooting and bike work right now. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. I don't no, know. I didn't say, I didn't say that, but it was in the workaholics, oh, yeah. the workaholics were talking about it. So, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. So um, are you thinking hopefully and still in January is um, something? Yeah, I think middle, I think middle yeah. January, I, I think mid January is what when, when I thought all along that once they said she wasn't having surgery, I thought maybe that was a that to me was the best tail sign, and so I kind of thought all along mid January would be the earliest. Well, if Richie's right about three more weeks, three to four weeks, that puts us right about where I would have thought all along was sometime about mid January. Yeah, awesome. And that would get her back, and that gets her back where she can at least get some of the rust off, get a little bit of conditioning back before we hit the stretch in in February that just becomes the grind. Yeah. All right. Um, so, you got I, anything you want to add about Grace? Nope. I was just going to say, I don't have anything else on those or any other additional lingering questions. So let's talk about Michigan State real quick. I'll take these first couple bullet points yeah. and I'll let you talk about some of the stats. Um, I use next opponent is Michigan State. Uh, that will be a week from today, January, excuse me, December 29th. I'm already thinking about 2023 here. IU is 31 and 47 all time, including 14 and 26 in East Lansing, where they will be playing next week. IU has won three of the last four meetings, including a 76-58 victory in Bloomington last season. And this season, Michigan State is 8-5 overall, but 0-2 in the Big Ten. And their conference losses are to Purdue and overtime at home and at Ohio State by six. Yeah, so um, the Spartans here are averaging just under 82 points per game, and they have a plus eight rebounding margin. Uh, they shoot around 44% field goal percentage and 32% from the three as a team. However, their free throw shooting has not been real great, only 63%. Um, from a defensive standpoint, they are holding opponents to only 35% shooting and 27% from the three. So it seems like, in particular, at least the games they played and looking at stats, that maybe the perimeter difference is... Um, definitely on par point, which is interesting because, you know, we do have a number of three point shooters. So we'll be, I'll be curious to see how they are able to handle that and still handle uh, McKenzie Holmes down low. Um, in terms of turnovers, they do force 23 turnovers per game. So hopefully our turnover bug is not something that rears its head here in a week. Um, and then in terms of individuals to watch, uh, Kamara McDaniel um, is a uh, 5'10 guard. She leads them with 14 points per game. And then Matilda, I think it's Eek, is that right? Or Eck? I think, I think yeah. it's Eck. Yeah, she is a six foot um, sophomore uh, forward and she scores around 11 and a half points per game. 
Um, their coach is Susie Merchant. She's in their 16th season with the, the program, and she has a very respectable, fantastic record of 319 and 177. Um, in terms of logistics, it is in East Lansing. Um, that game will be at a, an early tip again for a, a weekday, three o'clock Eastern or two Central. And if you're wanting to watch it, you will need Big Ten Plus program or subscription. Yeah, unfortunately. But yeah, this is a game that does worry me a little bit just because mm -hmm. it's up in East Lansing. East, uh, Michigan State has kind of at times been a little bit of a thorn in our side, even as Terry Moore has got the program playing better. So um, but I think the one thing I'm going to be looking for is, and this was kind of pointed out in the workaholics, they're eight and five, but their schedule strength is not real strong. They, it, it, they have really feasted on some really bad teams and yeah. they've gotten blown out by a couple of the really good teams they've yep. played. So hopefully Iowa State, yep. Iowa State and I can't, there was somebody else, um, yep. that I can't think of off the top of my head and I'm not looking at their schedule right in front of me, but. I just know there were a couple games that stood out to me as losses that I was like, ooh. So that eight that they've got, then that kind of got my attention of who they were playing to get the eight. So, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's one of those. And, and like I said, though, they played Purdue tough, you know, Purdue, you know, Michigan. And 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 actually, tough, really? Purdue, Purdue was actually up for most of that game in East Lansing and, and they made a big comeback to get it into overtime. And then, but played Ohio State really strong. And so in, in Columbus. So, yeah. Um, those are things to, to kind of keep an eye on. So anything else you want to add in about Michigan State? We will be live. We will yeah. be live after that game, roughly 5 o'clock Eastern right here. Yeah. Uh, we're doing the work. Yep. Um, no, I don't really have anything um, for me. I'll just be, again, hoping um, that we don't let Michigan State force all the turnovers that they seem to be having force with, again, um, granted, yes, with some of their, uh, comp their eight wins have been against some really – um, lower ranking teams, but it is at Michigan State. So I, they just need to come. They need to be ready to go. I don't, I'm hoping they come out a little bit more ready than they did in that Penn State game on the road. Um, so that's what I'll be really looking for. They got to come out with a nice start and they have to be clean and focused and no turnovers. Yeah. And thanks to Steve and the workaholics, it was Oregon that I was trying yeah. to think of that beat them bad. And, yeah. and then he also points out that Wake Forest also beat them in both of those games. Uh, were quality opponent, you know, you know, power five opponents that that Michigan State struggled with. So um, we got to try and wrap this up here a little yep. bit as AC Radio will be coming on after us, you know, not too long after us anyway. Uh, we're keeping you updated about our Hoosier alums. They're playing around the world. Uh, we've got Lexi, uh, Alexa Golbey and Nicole Cardano Hillary playing in Spain. Uh, Amanda Cahill playing in Luxembourg. And Amanda's having an excellent year. She had almost a triple double yep. earlier in the weekend. Um, Tyra Buss continues to lead the Lithuanian league in scoring and Jory Davis is playing in Italy. We've been updating that in the community and on the Twitter feed. And you can follow us on Twitter at DTW IUWBB. Uh, if you just search doing the work and leave a space in between, uh, the words on some Twitter, if you do the search on Twitter, it'll come up, uh, for news and info or check out the assembly call community page. Both Kathy and I update regularly things going on with the IU women. And AC Radio will be coming on after this is pretty much. They will uh, have Coach Tonsoni, Andy Bottoms, and their guest, Chronic Hoosier, tonight uh, as part of the broadcast. And then they'll also, I assume, I, I didn't look to see if it was a fit, but they should be on tomorrow after the Kennesaw yeah. State game as well. Also be sure to catch and subscribe to the next episode of Crimson Cast, part of our Back Home Network family. And our next show, was we mentioned, will be next Thursday, the 29th at approximately 5 Eastern, 4 Central. 
and that'll be following the Michigan State game. All right, so Kathy, it's time for last call. What's on your mind as we wrap things up? Yeah, Jeff, just again, a 12 and 0 start. Um, honestly, I, I think we didn't expect that coming into this, um, this far into the season that we would still be undefeated. And it, um, it's a good unexpected. I think the team is really dulling. Um, and even with Grace being out, I think that, you know, Sydney coming in now as the starting role and she was earlier off the bench, she's just filled both roles very fantastic. And, you know, transfers are really starting to fit together. Um, you know, some things to clean up, and that's that's what it always is. You know, we're we're never going to be perfect as a team or people or players or whatever we are. We always strive for it, though, right? That's what we're always um, we're always looking for. So uh, we'll never get there, but that's what we keep working for. And I think that's what we see from our women. And I I just love the calm demeanor about them. They always seem to be coming out. They're ready. They're focused. They're ready to do the work. Uh, they, they put it in on the defensive end in particular, and they are just a fun, fun team to watch. So I'm excited to, to see them again um, next Thursday. So glad that I don't have to work so I can watch them live. <laughs> yeah, and we'll be – obviously, I'll be off as well, so shoot, I'll be yeah. watching that game. Um, you Also, talking about Twitter, usually Kathy or I, if we're, watch, we're able to watch the game live, we'll be kind of live updating on Twitter. So another reason to follow us on Twitter as well. Um, I, I will just say that I'm excited as well, 12-0, and 0, but I just want to see – I don't know how long it'll last. I hope it lasts a few more games, but the big 10 is going to be a grind. There's going to be a game that jumps up and bites us. I, I, I would like to see this remain undefeated at home, but that again, yeah. we get to February. That part is a grind. I think this, when we talked about this on the earlier show in the year, when we previewed the schedule, this part of the big 10 schedule, and this is before grace got hurt, obviously, but this was the part of the big 10 schedule. We really felt kind of better about that. We can make a nice little run. It may not go undefeated in this portion of January, but we could we maybe only lose once in this portion and be really in a pretty good place. And then you got that grind in February where we really finish off with some really, really tough opponents at the top of the tier um, with that. So I think it's really important for them to go out to Michigan state and get a win and, and, and kind of keep not only the streak going, but just kind of keep the pressure on the other teams in the big 10, because that will move us to three and zero in the league. So that's kind of my last call. Kathy, anything else you want to push in here? No, no. Excited to keep going in the season and talking things over with you as we go. Yeah, I look forward to next week. If you want to see us do the show live and be a part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assembly call. You can be part of our private community as well. Join today at join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. Special thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our new logos. And you see our one of our four new logos that John has designed for us in the upper right-hand corner if you're watching on YouTube. And also a big thank to Bob Thompson for our new music that you heard throughout the broadcast. And I want to thank all of you for listening. The Workaholics here as well in the live chat. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you next Thursday after the Michigan State game. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim and go Hoosiers. All right. Good night, everybody.